News with Kelly Golden. That jobs killer called Obamacare. Where in the world are we on um, the the health care plan? Congressman Mark Sanford's been taking it on the chin in the Freedom Caucus, and I'm a little bit concerned. He's got a he's got an 8 a.m. Um, coffee talk across the street here at the Hardee's. I'm used to Northcutt and Mount Pleasant. I'm worried about that whole invisible crowd uh, coming and crashing the party. Well, I wouldn't say they'd ruin it. Uh, they were certainly out in force yesterday as down in Buford County. Uh, at any number of different shops. So we'll see if that's the case again today. If so, I'll be talking about health care. Yep. And uh, what's getting done there? Last time around, we had that awkward uh, conversation between you and Vice President Pence. I mean, I say awkward only because Vice President Pence was on. And then, you know, the the follow up was with here's the Freedom Caucus guy who got kind of a nasty tweet from the president throwing the Freedom Caucus in with Democrats, which is crazy. So where are we with that this morning? I think we're getting there. I mean, um, that bill was not ready for prime time. Right. It saw 17 legislative days. In contrast, the Affordable Care Act saw 186. Medicare Part D, the President Bush Bush, it saw 166. It was absolutely not ready. And I think that the, you know, the, the, the push and, the, you know, it's always a tug of war that's taken place um, over the last, you know, month or so has, in fact, improved where the bill was. Uh, and we'll see if we can get it across the finish line when we go back in the session next week. Earlier, we talked with uh, Jeffrey Kupfer. He was the executive director for, under President George W. Bush's panel on federal tax reform. Um, we we talked about uh, taxes, of course, the deadline uh, come and gone for uh, people filing their taxes at midnight. Um, what do you want to say about this? Because the president's now working on a tax plan, and this is you know on, also on the road out in America talking about higher American and and buy American. And I'm just curious your thoughts about this, because uh, when it comes to the health care bill and, and tax reform, they're one in the same, unfortunately. Well, some of the revenue that would pay for the tax bill is tied to the, the health bill. So you're exactly right in the way that they're tied together. They're, in fact, in many ways, are very different in that, you know, I, I literally spent the entire day yesterday talking about health care with different groups throughout the day. Um, it's deeply personal. There are big emotions uh, tied to one's health or the health of a loved one that, frankly, don't exist um, when you look at some of the numbers in a, in a tax bill. And so I think in some ways it's a, it's a less complex debate. It certainly has complexity, but it doesn't involve the emotional content that, that, that health care does. And so I, I think in some ways it's an easier bill, but what we will do is have a giant tug of war, for instance, on this notion of a border tax, right. which is tied to this whole Buy American phenomenon. One of the things we've got to watch out for is the scaling up of protectionism and the, its impact on trade, given the number of boats that come in and out of the Port of Charleston and its impact on the low country in our state. Right, because instead of increasing taxes on imports, uh, something like a fair tax, let's just say, would eliminate the embedded taxes, right, for domestic products that are manufactured here. Yeah, and I think that's a lot simpler way of, of getting at it. Once you begin to in essence, create a, a de facto VAT, which is really what a, a, a value-added, I mean, excuse me, a border adjustment tax is. You know, there are implications in terms of every one of us. There are implications in terms of how other trading partners react. Again, I think that the, the border tax has real warts to come with it. Um, they're saying that's the only way to create a big pay-for for some of the other stuff you might like in a bill. I, I'm not yet sold. And again, a lot of the people I've talked to, and I suspect I'll be talking to throughout the day, 
probably aren't so old as well. I want to wrap up our conversation about the jobs killer called um, Obamacare. We had people, full-time jobs, got kicked off the part-time jobs. And then uh, part-time jobs aren't paying for their overpriced health care that's completely unaffordable. So uh, you're on the roads, you know, conversations with Congressman Mark Sanford. And what's the number one hot topic? Health care. Uh, over and over and over again. The affordability um, of it, the accessibility of it, because, uh, you know, at this point, <laughs> certainly isn't affordable. No, I mean, it's all the above. Um, you know, healthcare sort of has three different uh, legs. You've got access, you've got cost, um, and you've got quality, and you push on one, and it inevitably impacts one of the other two. And so I, I think it's a Rubik's Cube, the way in which those issues are tied together, and people bring up all three. Well, Congressman, there are a lot of people listening who don't support government health care. So what about the whole repeal and that's it and let the free market reign instead of replace? Um, it would have certainly been easy. I mean, that's a bill that the House voted on about 60 times. Um, it's something that made its way ultimately to even President Obama's desk, uh, certainly one time. Um, and that... I mean, there was clear consensus. He had had, in essence, the entire House and the entire Senate on the Republican side vote for that bill. But for whatever reason, they didn't want to bring that up and send that to President Trump's desk. I think that that would have much, been a much, much simpler formula, given the fact that we didn't have to worry about a new bill. We didn't have to worry about anything. We had that. We voted on it any number of times. There was a vote history. And yet, uh, for whatever reason, the powers that be said no. So we are where we are. I think that's so confusing to people because it's like we have a Republican-run House, Senate, and now the White House. And how is it that everyone can't come to an agreement on that? Well, no, they came to agreement. Again, people have voted for it. It's very difficult to turn around and say, oops, I voted for this 60 times, but I really didn't mean it. So I, I can't <laughs> right. vote for it now. Right. Um, so, I mean, I think it's something that actually would have moved through. Um but, yeah, I mean, the cynic would say, well, it was disingenuous from the start. Uh, folks knew that it would not pass, and therefore they voted continuously for it. Um, the optimist would say, well, no, they wanted to include repeal, and therefore you can't do it that particular way. Even with that, though, you could do a repeal bill and then come back and begin to add things like buying across state lines, the ability to purchase through associations, what they call pooling. You could begin to add in bells and whistles that I think would see bipartisan support. And I think that that's one of the things that, frankly, people do want to see. They didn't like the way that, you know, Democrats pulled the Affordable Care Act, you know, with a straight line party vote. Right. And Republicans were about to repeat the favor. I think that something as important as health care really ought to see a bipartisan vote. There ought to be both Republicans and Democrats voting for it. And I think it would be very, very difficult for Democrats to vote against, um, you know, some of these sort of common sense measures that do impact them, call it the cost curve on, on the affordability of of the health insurance that they buy in the individual marketplace. Congressman Mark Sanford. Kelly Golden on 94.3 WSC. 